Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and this episode is part of the Young Hackers Project in which we'll be talking to amazing young guests between the age of 12 and 20 years old. The Yet Hacker series is a partnership between Future Hacker and BeSingular, a unique learning platform on exponential technologies that empowers the next generation to create real and responsible impact by working with the technologies of the future. Young hackers will be able to collaborate with BeSingular's digital channel and will get to publish their blogs, articles, and also have an opportunity to be selected as B-Singular's ambassador with a special discounts on the courses. So today we are talking to 16-year-old Ariane Hathor. He's from Dubai, has worked at JP Morgan, developed an algorithm to trade foreign currencies and trades on behalf of his friends. Okay, so I will repeat that. He's 16-year-old and with his friends, he has developed an algorithm to trade foreign currency. So we are going to explore this a little later. He's also co-founded a competition-based learning platform, and he's creating another platform that equals students' access to opportunities. How awesome is that? Hello, Ari. How are you doing today? Hi, Maria. Good afternoon. Uh, you know, I'm doing well. Summer, summer's going on, you know, and life is good. How's it going for you? Everything's great. And you know, Ari, uh, you're just 16 and you're already, you're accomplishing so much. So I'm super excited to be talking to you. This Young Hackers series, it's super exciting. I don't think it's just going to be a series. We will have to keep doing that because we are talking to so many young people out there. And I'd love to know more about you. So before we get into all those projects that I mentioned, um, I'd love to know your background, you know? So how did you grow up? What's your journey? What's your, how's your family look like? Like, what, what are the values that were raised, you know? I'd like to know it all. Right. Uh, so, you know, that, that's obviously a super interesting question because, you know, no one really asks me about my journey per se, um, or at least, you know, how I grew up. So, I mean, you know, my family, you know, we're pretty small, we're pretty tight. I have my mom and my dad and my younger sister. We love each other very much. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'd say, I'd say the biggest things that I have learned in my life have come from, uh, you know, the people around me, which is my family. And, uh, you know, I mean, as it is with obviously all children, they have definitely shaped the person I am today. I'd say one thing that really stands out in my parents' style of parenting that I'd say, you know, every day when I wake up and look at something new, it keeps on like, you know, pushing me to push harder. I think it's, you know, the fact that my parents inculcated a love of learning into me from a you know very very young age when i was uh, four my mom would read me these hardbound books about colors and animals and shapes you know she'd encourage me to just learn more about the world like learn as much as i can about the world around me and i'd say that you know that kind of love of learning or that excitement uh, you know when i look at something new and decide that okay you know i want to take this bit of information and understand it and make it a part of myself i'd say that is a really really big thing uh, your perspective as in you know, how you look at a new problem or a new task and how you go about solving it. That's lovely. So, so where did you grow up? I'm originally okay. from India, but my parents, uh, they lived here as in my parents work here. 
Uh, my mom's a housewife. My dad, uh, you know, he has his own startup. Yeah, I've been I've born and brought up here. You know, all of my friends out of Dubai, but you know, it's not like we've forgotten about the family back home. We do visit them as much as we can, and uh, you know, I guess it's really good that you know you have the best of both worlds coexisting. Okay, so you have this passion for learning, which for sure defines a lot about yourself. But what I'd like to know is what inspires you. Another interesting question, I'd say. I mean, I guess what motivates me and what pushes me every day is um, when I'm working on something new or trying to, you know, uh, find a new problem to solve. I'd say I love the fact that sitting here, you know, from my room, I can work on something and build something that can make a difference in the life of someone else, you know, who could be on the other side of the globe that I will never interact. It's crazy because, I mean, as a young person, you know, living in this crazy world of the internet, you can literally do anything. You know, that is how connected we are. I'd say, I'd say that is the biggest thing that motivates me to, you know, to do cool things. Do cool things. I love that. From your room, right? Probably most of the generation that is listening to that, and we do hope to start reaching younger people with, with this Young Hackers episode, but most of the people we were interviewing had to rely on going to a library or to the school and to get this encyclopedias to research about right. something. And now you, you have access to the world. So it's, it's, it's a pretty different way to grow up. So that's super important for us to start talking to younger people as well, right? So let's talk about this, this journey of yours of creation, of creating things and, and venturing, right? So I mentioned three projects of yours. So, so first, you do have this interest for finance. And then with your friends, you, you start going to this trading world, right? And, and you created this algorithm. And then you have this competition-based learning platform. And then you're now working on this career bird project. So just walk us through your ventures. So basically, a couple of friends and I banded together and we're setting up a micro hedge fund. Uh, you can call it so you know so we've gone together asked our family and friends to you know to allocate us a little bit of capital and you know we're just pulling that in together and investing it as we see fit you know one beautiful thing about the pandemic is that people are now suddenly sitting on a pile of savings that pile of savings has to go somewhere and uh, so you know there was this uh, statistic i was seeing more money has gone into the stock market over the last four months than it has in the last 15 years which is crazy to think about and uh, you know i'd say it was really good time to see a lot of uh, you know volatility which is what a couple of friends and i decided to take advantage of because if you have you know these massive months of money pushing equity markets up and down you know you're bound to see some crazy big moves so we sat down and we thought about what would be the best way uh, to quantify you know these new forces that are coming into the market I mean, you'd have heard of the whole GameStop saga that happened. You know, it's these retail traders pumping up this uh, stock that was constantly being shorted by a bunch of hedge funds. And, uh, you know, what we ended up doing was we looked at a bunch of sources of alternative data. So say, for example, we looked at the number of times the GameStop stock ticker was mentioned on a specific subreddit. And once you can quantify that, you can benchmark it with other stocks on using that similar metric. So you can see, you know, when excitement in a particular equity builds up. And, you know, more often than not, that kind of excitement corresponds to a move up or down in the price, you know, as it goes. So that was one thing. And, you know, the other one, we were basically playing around with uh, foreign exchange. And this is where the, basically the algorithm detects like key levels 
in the volatility and momentum of the underlying asset and accordingly buys and sells it's generally pretty basic but you know for now we do have plans to actually get it incorporated and you know turn it into a legal entity so we can you know genuinely make some big waves with this so that's the first thing uh second thing i'm doing is basically working on this platform that evens access to opportunity for young people so the thing is you know right now as a high school student if you want to access things that would basically get you a step ahead in your career you can't do that without having to pay for an admissions consultant or something like that which is you know which really sucks because if you're a kid you know who who doesn't have the money to shell out on things like academic consultants and you know uh, tuition fees there's generally no way that you can really you know move ahead professional side that is one thing that i wanted to change with career board uh so basically what our tool does is it indexes things like competitions mentorship fellowships internships and it basically you know puts it all to you and shows you this is where you can apply to you know this is something that will be a good fit for you and it lets you build out your profile and say say you know you want to work uh, as a software engineer at apple what it's going to do is it's going to it lets you chart out your career and it shows you the tick boxes like as in if you want to get to point b this is everything you need to be doing at point a you know to obviously move along that path so that is you know the second thing i'm working on and the third thing uh, which i'd say has stalled a little but we had the idea of creating a teen spending card or a neo bank aimed at gen z because one thing i'd say that is really really important is that kids need to be more money smart and kids are getting money smart because i'd say the conventional uh, kind of core systems of finance are changing you know it stands to reason that you can't hand young people a mobile phone on which they can go on to and discover every single piece of human knowledge that ever exists and simultaneously you're telling them that it's going to take 5 days for their bank to send them their money you know that is inefficient and that is something that needs to change and as young people you know are going to start working young people are going to start becoming more integral parts of the economy that kind of slice of the pie that proverbial slice of the pie is going to expand and uh, you know what we want to do was get teens money smart and basically make everything so seamless and synchronized that as a young person you know that you know if you want to spend it you're going to do it with us that's basically you know like the headline uh, the top three things i'm working on that's amazing so so at and plus your students yeah i'm curious which bug is this one that has bitten you like you, you're <laughs> like what's up with that like you, you are this unrest that you have to keep creating just tell me more yeah i mean you know i'd say no it's very definitely the entrepreneurship bug i can say it bit me the moment quarantine started right you know you're we were holding our rooms uh no school was going on you know and we're in here for like you know what's very possibly the next whole year you know it's at that point where you have so much free time that you aren't getting distracted you start to think about like hey man what am i going to do with my life very frankly like very bluntly i'd say i don't want to be a loser being and not being a loser i'd say makes you want to think about things that make a difference in the world what's your definition of loser i'd say someone who doesn't have a purpose right you know you are stuck in that trap of making money for other people not for yourself you're making a better life for someone else not for yourself so you know it's like you're building things and you're making a difference but who are you making that difference for like obviously you can have your amazing 9 to 5 job or something but you aren't going to genuinely see impact 
that comes about as a result of that. And I'd say not being a loser and making a big difference are two things that run in parallel. Okay. So let's go back to, we've been talking a lot about how your passion for learning and making a difference. So obviously education is one of your priorities, right? And you personally wouldn't be able to be doing everything you do if you didn't have a good educational base, right? Either from your schools or from your family or, you know, whatever is, is helping you build your place in the world. What's your thoughts about our current education model? And what do you believe that are the necessary skills, still talking about, you know, this basic education system for the kids today to be more prepared for the future? Yeah, I'd say that's another interesting one because, um, you know, how you're shaped as a child is, I'd say, you know, 200%, you know, defining factor in how you pan out or how you flesh out as an adult. And the education system is wrong, personally, in a big, big way. You know, if I want to end up being a data scientist or a data analyst, I shouldn't have to be learning about mitochondria. That is just that, you know, it's a very basic function of logic. Obviously, it is very good to learn about the world, but, you know, I don't want to be picking up each aspect of the world and going into it at depth when I know that, you know, I won't be using this in the future. The education system, I'd say, you know, I mean, I think we saw this with, uh, you know, the Indian curriculum. Basically, what happened was that the government couldn't decide whether to, you know, postpone the exams, you know, because of COVID or cancel them entirely because the entire thing revolves around one singular test that you spent 12 years preparing for, which is crazy because, you know, if that test doesn't happen, it's almost as if, you know, your education is invalid as per the government. And that is crazy because, you know, it shouldn't all rely off of this one test, you know, as someone who wants to be a, a sportsman or, you know, someone who wants to pursue a career in the fine arts should not have to spend so much of their time and, you know, have their mental health be eaten away all over this singular one test. And that's something that unsettles me. You know, it's how we as humans have, you know, gone through the system and, you know, emerged out of it 20 years later and we look back on it and say, yeah, this works. That's something that I find particularly baffling. And it's something that definitely needs to be improved on. I'd say that change is to come, you know, because young people, and this is just a genuine exception, young people don't like school. <laughs> but I'm talking about, you know, if you end up refining it and, and genuinely thinking about it, these young people are the exact same people that 10 years down the line are going to be in a position of power, you know, to make genuine, impactful, meaningful change within this system. And that is when we're going to see these old, outdated concepts uh, changing for good. So following that line, how do you see the future of work? Because we've seen in the past, if we think about your grandparents maybe and, and my parents, right? Earlier on, it was common that, you know, you go, you stay working on the same job for 30, 50 years in this big company, super hierarchical. And then when it came closer to my generation, you see that this hierarchy model stopped working as much. Things started to get more horizontal, but you still have this model, you know, from this time to this time to be at the office. Then COVID happened, and then the companies learned that, wait, you don't need to be at the office for 
not okay. all the tasks, but for many tasks. So, you know, things are changing, right? And it's not only regarding our environment and culture, but also the newer generation that have different expectations of how they want to be living their lives, right? So how do you see, what's your vision today regarding the future work? I think I'd say, you know, COVID was really a blessing in accelerating, uh, you know, our kind of movement towards that future because, you know, I'd say work from home was definitely, very definitely a thing. It just wasn't as widespread. And, you know, now you have Intel, uh, you know, and, you know, a couple other companies, they gave their employees the option of working from home indefinitely, which is insane because, you know, normally you'd obviously you'd have to get ready, you know, you get to the office and, you know, slog it out nine to five and then get back home. And I mean, you think about uh, you waste two hours a day, uh, you know, going to and from. There's 188 working days. So basically, that's a lot of time that is going away. And people like working from home. Like people genuinely like working from home. And um, so what I think we're going to end up transitioning to is a model where, you know, we're partly going to have to be in the office as regardless of whatever we work as. However, the soft work, as in the work that only requires a computer or, you know, say something that we can do on our own time, you know, you do it how you want, when you want, where you want, so long as you get it done. I think that is the way ahead. Like, you know, you have, uh, I mean, you have these big four consultants that, you know, that obviously, I mean, their work is, they advise the biggest organizations, you know, on how to change. And if, you know, you can make your deck, you know, you can have everything done remotely. You don't need investments in these massive offices. You know, you, your employees are happier because everything's on their time yet all your work is getting done and you know quite possibly to a better standard because employees have more time to you know focus on their personal interests or their mental health you know socializing however it may be and i say that is very definitely a good thing but in terms of automation as in getting technology into the workspace i'd say nothing beats the cognitive and emotional biases and kind of advantages that a human brain does but we will definitely see, you know, I, I'd say, you know, as someone wants to work in professional services, we're going to see a big dependence or alliance, you know, with computers as artificial intelligence becomes a more integral part of the workflow. And this is, you know, just a function of basic human logic, because, I mean, if you have a tool that can coexist with your normal work and, you know, streamline your workflows, why would you be against it? Right. And that is, I'd say that is really how I feel we are going to move towards in the next 10, 15 years regarding work. Awesome. So let's bring it to your personal world. What are you expecting to accomplish in your coming years? As much as there's all those uncertainties, right? For sure, right. being a planner yourself and a doer, especially, you do have something on your mind for sure. What are you planning to accomplish, let's say, in the next five years? Yeah, so in the, I mean, uh, that's an interesting question because by then I'll be 21. I'll be out of college. And, uh, you know, I'd say, I'd say that is when most people think about attacking the world head on. And I say, you know, we'd be at a pretty interesting point by then. I genuinely haven't given much thought about this because, you know, say in, the, in a perfect world, uh, I'll want to be studying, you know, quantitative finance uh, or quantitative mathematics at, you know, ATRA school, you know, be that Oxbridge in the UK or, you know, Wharton or Harvard, Columbia in the US. And then from then on, obviously, uh, to a job that requires, you know, handling massive data sets and manipulating these data sets 
to make you know investment decisions so that is that was or i'd say has been my thinking you know for a long while now but i'd say you know ever since covid happened it made me rethink a lot of the stuff that i've been doing because like i said you know you have a lot of time to think about your behavior your activity put it under the spotlight and really nitpick every single thing you've been doing so you know there are a lot of things a lot of inefficiencies that i believe you know and this is across everything this is something i've seen you know in my life in other people's lives and these inefficiencies you know need to be changed so you know what i'm thinking is either i mean this is something that I'll, that i will decide is either you know i continue uh the actual kind of the academics route i'd say you'd call it you know study well go to a good college and you know from then build a product or build something that ends up benefiting the world and getting rid of these inefficiencies or i'd say you know move into the whole finance side of things right like you know ideally at these kind of bulge bracket investment banks as you call them you know the top tier ones or you know do some consulting you know at obviously like a big four in mbb and that's really i'd say that's you know where i want to move to okay so now i have to provoke you wouldn't you just be going through the path of making money to someone else <laughs> that's that's the thing so you know that that's uh, that's i mean that's one of two things that you know i did want to juggle right and you know the thing is i mean obviously it ties into the future of work you don't necessarily have to be devoted to doing one thing at a time and you know you have the whole side hustle culture where you're basically doing you know you're juggling things at one point without spreading yourself too thin and uh, you know that's something that i have been looking into and that's something that i'd say i want to do that you know obviously i work you know my normal job whatever uh but then beyond that i'm working on building something new or creating change you know be it by a charity or you know be it by looking at you know something specific and saying okay i want to make this person's life better you know something like that so you know so, so you can you can juggle things i'd say you know the way we're going you can juggle things while you know being devoted to your one cause i love that you keep your entrepreneurial vein going on you keep doing your projects while you're building your education and your in your curriculum so that's great you know so you definitely will have to come back in a couple of years so we can see how this is going for you i have a last question for you and let's do what usually we do here at our podcast and take this to a, a broader level right how do you see humanity's evolution how do you feel about your future like do do you think do you have maybe this more positive view of the world and you think that through technology we're going to be able to move towards this more inclusive and sustainable society or do you think that technology is is going to to make inclusion worse that is just going to you know stay on the hands of a few and then we have to be very cautious about it like what what's your view i don't want to be guiding your your thoughts so what's just your view about our evolution i'd say that's one thing that you know i do as say whenever i can't sleep at night that is one thing i think about you know what are we going to look like as humans in the next 20 years and it's crazy to think about because what like i personally feel that we're going to see a merge of technology and humanity so this is you know as our cities get smarter and as you know our world gets more connected we're going to have to follow right so you know i mean you have these chips that get put in your hands that let you pay 
you know, at supermarkets, you have your, your Google glasses and stuff like that. Let's, you know, put kind of a augmented reality kind of sheet on the world around you. And I'd say that is only going to go more mainstream because you can access all of the information ever created by humans, you know, in, in like a matter of seconds using a Google search or something. And it is crazy to think about that it is, well, inefficient because you still have to pull out your phone, you have to, you know, type something in and then you get your answer. And then again, you know, you have the whole thing about filtering through those answers to find one that works. And I'd say, you know, the people who can crack kind of the whole thing about putting that in your head as in, you know, getting these answers to visualize uh, with you once you start thinking about them, that is going to be, you know, a very big ticket idea, how you read into your brainwaves and, you know, how that goes. And, and people have done it, like, you know, it's a, like a very, like, you know, it's a very baby stage now, but people have done it, you know, there's people who have created headsets that let you control how your car goes. You know, if you think about accelerating the car, it is going to accelerate. And it's, it's crazy to me that you can do that. And once, you know, you are able to nail that technology down to something that is more kind of, you know, concentrated and more complex. You can obviously start working on things that are, you know, more niche, right? So, you know, that that's for, you know, say I want to do Google search, or, you know, I want to perform a calculation in my head. I will be able to do things like that. So I'd say a uh, kind of a merger of, you know, technology as we don't know it, because, you know, there are a lot of cool things yet to come and humanity as we do. Okay, awesome. It was such a pleasure talking to you, Eddie. I really wish you, you know, the best of luck in your endeavors. And it will be lovely to see how your ventures are going to go in the coming futures. And who knows what you're going to be creating by then. So let's for sure keep in touch. And maybe you come back in a couple of years to whatever future... We're going to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And, you know, uh, look forward to it. We'll set over five years down the line. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening, everyone. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.